Hey, this is Edgar. Hi, this is Olivia. And this is Stanley. And welcome to the Minority Report, episode two. Episode two. We actually decided to follow through. We followed through with this podcast. We made a Twitter. Yes, we have a Twitter. We're on Minority Pod. At Minority Pod, please make sure we're on multiple platforms. Yes, yes, we are. And more incoming. More incoming. That's okay. Exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, a lot, a lot in the news. Actually, too much. We, were, we actually just sat down and wrote down a list of all the things we wanted to talk about, and it might be too much. We're so super prepared, we're, you guys. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, but probably the thing that enraged me the most this week, I saw it and I was like, "What in the world is happening?" One of our great film heroes, although he's not made great movies for a long while now, um, Tim Burton. Was in the news. Yeah, he was a great film hero, like, Mm -hmm. maybe 15 years ago. That's true, that's true, that's true, that's true. Uh, But, I mean, but he's a respected man, and, you know, a lot of people still really watch his movies. Um, Some do better than others, but he's still, you know, a a, a force in Hollywood. Let's not act like he's not, even though we don't really like much of his work anymore. <laughs> um, okay, so he has a new movie coming out. Uh, Miss Par- what is it? Miss Peregrine's uh, Home for Pe- uh, Peculiar Children. Which is like a pretty, pretty, like, really good, a pretty, really good book. A pretty, <laughs> really, really good, good book. book, you guys. <laughs> okay. But no, it's like a good book. It's imaginative. It's like one of the better YA novels to come out right. in recent memory. Right, right. Um, and he was being interviewed by Bustle, uh, an online blog, and he, they asked him about the diversity in his films because there isn't a lot of diversity in a lot yeah. of Tim Burton films. Uh, just of different shades of white, lots of different really? shades there of was, white. There's that one black guy in that one movie, so oh. like I thought it was covered. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. And okay, so Stanley, do you have his quote up? What did Tim Burton say? What was his exact quote? Yeah, well, conveniently, I have it up right in front of me. Oh, okay, I'm right now, we're very prepared. <laughs> totally for this not, totally not stational. You guys. <laughs> it's a very natural, organic conversation. So when he was asked about the lack of diversity in Miss Peregrine's, mm-hmm. um, he said that nowadays people are talking about it more. Things either call for things or they don't. I remember back. Edgar Mad. Edgar Mad. Edgar, save it for the end of the quote, man. <laughs> yeah. I remember back when I was a child watching the Brady Bunch, and they started to get all politically correct, like, okay, let's have an Asian child and a black. I used to get more offended by that than just. I grew up watching black exploitation movies, right? And I said, that's great. I didn't go like, okay, um, there should be more white people in these movies. Okay. They added a black, you guys. A black. They added a black. A black. Down. That's how you know he's... That's, <laughs> that's how, how you know Tim Burton is ignorant as fuck. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, not only ignorant as fuck, but just, like, old. Ooh, I know, yeah. right? <laughs> like, you forget. How old is he? He's, like, 58 or something insane. Yeah. Uh, nothing against our 58 now, or older listeners is just... Yeah, not trying to be ageist, yeah. but, you know, like... But Tim Burton, come on, Tim man. Bur- come on, Tim Burton. <laughs> like, now we know why him and uh, Helena Bottom Carter broke up, I guess. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to comment on that. <laughs> but he's okay. So uh, okay. So I saw this on Twitter, and immediately I I think I texted both of you, and I was like, we have to talk about this because this is a fucking bullshit. Because he is literally this is the internet troll comment that I see everywhere whenever there's a, a, a an issue of diversity yeah. in a film, which is if it calls for it, it calls for it. I want to hire the actors who are better fit for it or who are uh, who have the talent that's like the main argument and he's yeah. pretty much saying if none of my movies call for it you know which is bullshit mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's bullshit right i mean <laughs> i mean I, there's no better way to explain it like you're choosing in these fictional worlds mm-hmm to have it be exclusively white people. Right. Like, there's nothing that says you can't cast actors of color, yet you don't do it. Because, right, you know, that's what blew my mind. I'm like, this is a guy who's making movies, like, fantasy movies. Yeah. He's not making movies based in reality at all. Like, he could literally come up with anything, and he chooses to come up with this lily-white goth world. Like, that's the but, world But Samuel Jackson plays a villain. Right, but he plays a villain! <laughs> a villain. He's not even a good guy! <laughs> like what the fuck and that also goes into kind of like 
like that goes into a point further is like oftentimes yeah. when people of color are cast they're cast in roles right. that like we're not the hero we're always yeah. the right. antagonist or right. the right. villain right it's exactly. not we're never like seen in the light of a hero mm-hmm. right right which and uh, coming off of those comments it's like just like salt in the wound that yeah. Samuel L. Jackson the only person of color in that movie is a villain and it's like just after Tim Burton had said this it's, I don't know it was just it, I don't it was so infuriating to me just because I was like here's another influential voice in Hollywood saying dumb bullshit like this that's what was I don't know it, sad and that's the yeah. thing he still has like well, he still has a lot of influence. I read an IndieWire article the other day that I was like, the minute you hear Tim Burton's name is attached to something, you're, you're, you're like, interested. Yeah. Right, right! Exactly. Right? Like, He's reached that level of director, producer, uh-huh. like your Quentin Tarantino's yeah. or J.J. Abrams, where they just have to attach their name to something, and immediately yeah. it has a chance of being successful. Like, you're not going to hear the name Happy Bunny Funtime Friends and be, right. like, really interested, but <laughs> right. if you hear Tim Burton presents Since Happy Bunny Funtime Friends, then, like, I want to know then I wanna watch that movie. Will I watch it? Maybe not, but I will be more interested yeah, in it. Yeah, Check out a trailer. I'll see what's up. Like, your immediate is like, why is Tim Burton making a movie? Yeah. Like this, you know? Right. Immediately right. your interest peaks. Right, right. Um, so. Well, I think my favorite uh, Twitter comment about it was, it was really good. It was, uh, Tim, uh, Tim Burton, uh, Tim Burton's movie aren't even diverse in casting white people because he literally cast the same people over it's and true. over and yeah. over. Uh, so, I don't know. Is Just, Johnny Depp in this one? Uh, no. No. His, the no, spirit of Johnny Depp looms throughout the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen the movie. One of my coworkers uh, took her children to see the movie, and apparently it was very disturbing. It's a very disturbing it's movie. It's PG-13. PG-13. Okay, yeah. yeah. Even though it's like a kid's novel. It's yeah. a YA novel. Okay. Okay. So, young like, adult, it's a little bit more understandable. Young adult Stanley... Yeah. I well, I, I didn't. I Young that. adult, <laughs> not ch- not children. children. <laughs> but like was a, it like? Did your coworker like it? Was it good? No, she hated it. <laughs> she hated it. I don't. Uh, I haven't actually seen like a consensus out there. What What do people think of this movie, Stanley? Got mixed reviews. Mi- of course, yeah. but I feel like all his movies have gotten mixed reviews yeah. lately. Like, what has he done? Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, Alice in Wonderland was bad. That was just bad. You yeah, guys. that, just that was bad. just a bad movie. What's up with like Tim Burton? Like, what's up with his like new three D? Wait, why do you like Burton? Alice in Wonderland? Because it's been a while since I've seen it. <laughs> you can't even no. defend it. Yeah, When's the last time Tim Burton did a good movie? Sweeney Todd. No, I like Sweeney what? Todd. That movie sucks. Sweeney Todd was. Yeah, it was bad. No, no was I like I feel like I liked it at the time because mm. maybe like did it come like out when I was an angsty teen? I feel that like was, that was during my high like, school years. Yeah, that was a yeah. long yeah. ass time ago. So yeah, it came out when I was an I'm angsty old, teen, yo. which is why I liked it. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think I if I went back and watched it now, I wouldn't like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think man, I'm gonna go further back. I think my last like favorite Tim Burton movie was Edward Scissorhands. Like yeah, legit, that's, that's it. That's the best movie he's ever made. Like, Big Fish. No, Big Fish was good. Never mind. Big Fish was good. All right. Very fair point. Big Fish is good. But it doesn't change the fact that Tim Burton is ignorant as fuck. But, like, Big Fish wasn't as good as Edward Scissorhands. Well, that's true. Right. Right. No, I disagree. Okay. Well, we will have the Tim Burton podcast another day. Point is, uh, the Minority Report is wagging our finger at uh, Tim Burton. Yeah, he should know Tim better. Burton. He should, he know, should better. know better. And it's just disappointing when you have, like, we, this is like this year, especially this year, when we're fighting so hard for uh, diversity in film and we're actually getting some, somewhere, you have someone... There's, like, actually some traction. Right. Yeah. And you have someone but, like yeah, that. Like, he also comes from, like, you know, he's, a, he's an old school auteur. Yeah. Like, he's yes. an old school filmmaker, yes. so he's going to be more resistant to change. True. Mm-hmm. Like, True. Star Wars True. didn't get diverse until they had to pry, until they pried right. it out of George Lucas's hand. <laughs> That's true. That's you true. You know? That's so, true. But even like that old right. that old school auteur mentality is fading out. Right. I feel right. like you've got some you've got some more current peeps. Yeah. But right. I feel like as a whole that old school mentality is like fading out for right. more of a like diverse yeah. team based kind exactly. of exactly. Well, and filmmaking goes in cycles, right? When filmmaking yeah. first started, there was no auteur system, and then we had the auteur system, and then we didn't, and then now we did it again. Yeah. And now it's. You know, which like, especially coming out of film school an indie film school, like I don't, at least at 
the school we all went to, I don't think the auteur system was really, like, encouraged. I think there were a lot of guys who wanted to be yeah. auteurs. Yes. I think there were a lot of people definitely... in film school who wanted to be, like, the auteur, but I don't think in film school it was that encouraged. It was, right. It wasn't discouraged, but it was not something that they... You know, yeah, I feel like they encourage. Yeah, they right. encourage like the team aspect exactly. of filmmaking a lot more. Exactly. You know, like which is the most realistic yeah. model. I feel. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, like all of us are artistic, creative people. It's just like it manifests in different ways. Exactly. Yeah. For everyone. Right. Anyways, Tim Burton, shame <laughs> on you. That's some bullshit. I'm not watching your movie. It's not so gonna. Yeah, your movie. You lost. <laughs> your movie. You lost fifteen dollars yes. in box office revenue you right did. here. That's yes, no, thirty dollars. Thirty dollars, <laughs> definitely. Uh, okay, so let's move on to some um, slightly happier news, though. Okay. Yeah. In all right, so in the wake of this, Disney. Uh, you know, they uh, they announced that they're going to do a worldwide search for a Chinese actress to fill the role of Mulan in the live action version of Mulan coming out in two years, right? Two years, 2018? Yeah, 2018. Yeah. Which is... Which is, if you think about it, it's... Uh. It's sad that they have to announce it. Like, oh, we're finding yeah. Chinese actors. I was about to like, say, like, Edgar was so excited before but, we started recording talking about this. And like, I saved, it for the, I saved it for the podcast, but I was like, I ain't giving Disney no cookies. Like, this is this that. Is like, it should be a given <laughs> yeah. that they should hire also, there Chinese was, actors. Apparently, there no, was like I, a brilliant Mulan movie that was like historically accurate uh, that was made by like, that was made by a Chinese filmmaker some years. I think it was 08. Uh, and I've heard it's oh. a pretty good movie. I haven't seen it yet, but I want to. Okay. No. I've never heard of it, but... I'm yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Stan is like, type, type, type. Hold on, hold on. But apparently, <laughs> I have to find it. <laughs> but apparently a live-action Mulan right. movie exists yes. no, in I, the world. I totally understand where you're coming from, Stanley. Like, I get it. It should go without saying. Yeah. But we live in a I world yeah. where white people <laughs> do not understand this. So whenever it's anywhere out there in the media that we're, like, actively looking... Yeah. For someone to, or we're actively saying we're not going to whitewash this film, yeah. and at least with the main like character, we don't, we, and we don't know yet because the movie isn't out yet. They might whitewash it some other way, but mm. so far, I, initially, it's there's some po- there's yeah. something positive in it. Yeah. I just hope Eddie Murphy comes back to play Mushu. <laughs> <laughs> That was one of the comments I saw online. They're like, okay, please cast all Chinese actors except for Mushu, please. Eddie <laughs> Murphy, come back. <laughs> Which is good. Like, I just have an image of Eddie Murphy in a terrible, like, <laughs> No! With his head poking out. Like, it's not even going to be CGI. No. It's literally Eddie Murphy. That's oh creepy. God. That was scary. <laughs> That's literally what I want. I want, like, the most, high, like, the most beautiful production yes. value of Mulan ever. <laughs> except for Mushu. Except for Mushu. Okay. Okay. Uh. Uh. <laughs> wow. Any more thoughts on Mulan? No? Long time coming, yeah. thank God. Long time coming. I mean, sure. they've already started it on the animation front, so I'm glad they're starting it in the live action front. Especially right. since the live action movies they've been making are like, they're making the big money, but they're kind of boring. Like, they Cinderella are. was really boring. Right. And Beauty right. and the Beast is probably right. going to be really boring. Probably. Most likely. <laughs> it looks Most good. Likely. I think it looks good. I mean, Emma Watson. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, yeah, it looks good. Like, it looks pretty, but Cinderella looked good, too, before I watched it. Yeah, every live action. Yeah, Disney's not going to make a movie that doesn't look good. (laughs) Like, it's at least going to look good. Like, Alice in Wonderland fucking looked good. (laughs) Yeah, right. That's true. You know how uh, how that turned out. Big pile of crap. Okay. Um, Okay, Stanley, you wanted to bring this up, and this is a show that I have recently fallen in love with yeah love and uh quick okay um here go ahead ahead. okay so um if you guys didn't know netflix released all the episodes of luke cage last friday marvel's luke cage marvel's another in the defender series yeah yeah and apparently there were (laughs) angry white people white people back at it again okay who didn't like the show or that white rage right right so uh the show came out and uh, I start so I started seeing it in my in my feed immediately. People were commenting, people were saying, "Hey, the show's kind of racist. There's like no white people in it. Like this is kind of racist. Where are the white people?" 
This makes me uncomfortable. One of them literally said, there are no white people in the show. It makes me uncomfortable. And I was like, oh my God, what is happening? And then I started seeing all these articles and it turned out. But isn't there a white guy? You get your one. There's like, there come is, on. There's, there's, true. there's the token yeah, one white guy. Yeah. <laughs> but but anyway, so I saw that and I was like, oh my God, no way. No fucking way. We can't have one thing, you know, like people of color can't have one thing without white people freaking out. Like, yeah. oh my God, there's no white, there's no white representation in this show. It is so black. What is going on? And they're freaking yeah. out. And I was like, are you fucking serious right now? Have there been cries of like, are people calling this reverse racism or are they straight up calling it racism? They're just straight up calling it racism. Okay, then they don't know the definition of racism. They have no fucking idea. <laughs> you can straight up not be racist to white people in this country. It's I'm impossible. Sorry. It is literally impossible. I mean, you can be prejudiced, but like... Right, right. Yeah, I'm prejudiced towards white <laughs> <laughs> Jokes, jokes. No, I love... Look, I love, I, I have I love lots some of, white people. But... I have lots of white friends, I promise. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. No. So, Stanley, what are your thoughts on Luke Cage? And the, com- the commentary on Luke Cage specifically, so, that it's racist. Well, both Stanley and I are only, like, three episodes in, right? Yeah. Do you think the show is, like, too black? Is that what you're feeling just watching it? No. No! It's like this, we're watching different, like, a story from different perspectives that we usually right. don't get. And right. There are, like, there are Asian actors and also, like, Hispanic actors in there. Right, because it takes yeah. place in Harlem, which yeah. is black and Latino. Yeah. And they're, you know, it, I, it's like, white people complain, like, people are like, it's not, where are the, where are the, where are the white people? It's not accurate. It's like, no, literally, it is accurate. It's literally in Harlem, where there are black people and Latino people. They have nothing to worry about. Jessica right. Jones will show up soon enough. That's like, true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I'm, like yeah. yeah that's true right they're gonna, gonna get be... Iron Fist with what's his name from Game of Thrones so they'll be yeah Who's Iron Fist? the guy from Game of Thrones uh shoot I'm forgetting his name well, I'll look it up later yeah, was Iron <laughs> type, I don't know type, type, type. <laughs> I don't know much about comics was, but was that also like one of those like so that, racially no, so, charged casting decisions well, that people were like Ooh. no so I so the, the thing with Iron Fist it a lot of people saw it as a missed opportunity because that character is so okay, steep yeah, in yeah. Asian culture. They oh. thought, like, surely they're going to hire, a, you know, an Asian-American actor to did take up that role. Did they hire Tilda Swinton? Is that what happened? <laughs> no, <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> Tilda Swinton coming soon on Iron Fist. To, I would watch uh, it. Like, I'm not going to watch Doctor Strange because... Uh-huh. Right, so it's I'm not going to watch that. Well, but I would watch a Tilda Swinton Iron Fist. I feel like I would watch that. Well, don't you think it's kind of interesting that, like, the Marvel... Uh, so the Marvel movies, compared to the Marvel TV, TV shows, shows... at Netflix. On Netflix, right? We have, like, this Marvel movie... They're different is, qualities. Yeah, right. yeah, I feel like they're different branches of the Marvel yeah. Definitely. Company, I don't even like, think... They hardly talk they to each other don't, anymore. No, yeah. they don't talk to each other. There's no way. No, no, not at all. But it's kind of funny that we're having this controversy for Doctor Strange, but at the same time, we're having this show that celebrates yeah. black culture, and now people are shitting on it because they can't let anyone have their own yeah, thing exactly. or have fun or do their own I don't know, know the, movie, the movies are worse off for it I don't know how the two of you feel but like their shows are definitely way better way better <laughs> the shows are way better like more like times better interesting and complex yes. like yes. Jessica Jones deal with like themes of like you know Jessica Jones dealing with themes no no no, no, no. Yeah, I don't no. want to say it no, no. no I get no, it I get no, it right, right, right. like well, abuse and all this well, and they, they have, have like t- rape and abuse right and, yeah. and they have yeah. more time they also have more time yeah and also they can be you know they're not trying to sell a million tickets yeah. so they can you know cover these heavier topics unlike the movies which at the end of the day are money making businesses yeah. like they just want to make money yeah. temple film pretty much pretty film much. nerd um, so that's it, it, you Wait, know I'll, I'll read a comment okay about, mm. what, about luke cage okay. yeah yeah go for it like this is what someone wrote about luke cage and he <laughs> said i quote i wanted to like this i really did watch the first 20 minutes oh my god i'm already out i'm already out <laughs> hold on hold on bro didn't even get through the first episode he's like i'm out yeah, yeah. yeah. he didn't yeah so he's like did not see a single person of any other race except black this is not representative of america in this country in this country lies uh, in this country lives people of all races oh my god this is an all lives matter <laughs> exactly yeah. Yeah. Right i here. also feel like people forgot there were like significant periods of time in like media history where there were like 
all black TV shows and all black movies right. and like people conveniently like forget that this has been going on forever. Right. But it's right, but there's that separation where it's like this is black TV for black people. Yeah. This is True. Just normal TV for Lord. everyone, yeah. <laughs> right? And then there's like, but Netflix is like, this is a big time show. Yeah. It's Marvel. It's a superhero character. And then now people are like kind of shocked. It's, yeah. I don't know. It's Okay, so that person who wrote that comment, mm -hmm. that to me is an All Lives Matter yeah. person. Like immediately... I can Definitely. tell. And also, that exact <laughs> comment is me watching a Tim Burton movie in the first 10 minutes. There are no people of color, yeah. so I'm uncomfortable. It's not representative of America. I'm out. I'm out. It's yeah, ridiculous. but like, that power structure is completely <laughs> right. different, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. We make media for ourselves and we don't see, you know, like, when right. we don't see ourselves in media, we make, you know, we make media that reflects the, the types of worlds we live in. Right. But that also involves, like, a lot of us have, you know, groups of friends, or we hang out with mm -hmm. people that are, like, mainly our racial or ethnic group, but sure. you go out into, but, like, you'll have other groups of friends, like, that maybe are majority white. Mm -hmm. Like, right. I know I have two separate groups of friends, where mm -hmm. it's just, like, my film friends and my brown friends. And that's <laughs> literally how I, like, classify <laughs> right. them. Um, granted, the film, like, my film friends are a little bit more diverse, but, mm -hmm. um it's still like a majority kind of white crew. Yeah. Right. Right. So like, so you have, you know, you ha there are people who have different parts of their lives and they just want all of their, the parts of their lives to be right. reflected. Yeah. Right. And I, I feel like telling that person right there who wrote that, like, you know what? Don't watch it. Go watch, uh, some uh, go watch Breaking Bad or whatever. Just like go watch some other show. Like Luke Cage is going to be fine. It's going right. to do well. Like, uh, yeah. Apparently, like, Netflix broke down for, like, eight hours. Well, yeah, because people yeah. kept watching, watching it. They loved yeah. it. I think this is honestly... I'm only yeah. three, three episodes in. This is honestly my favorite so uh, far, TV yeah. Marvel project so far. Yeah. And I've seen them all. And that's the thing. When people hear, like, diverse cast or they hear, like, all black cast or all Latino... Mm -hmm. Like, people turn out. Like, even people not part of those racial or ethnic groups, yeah. they turn out because they're just so excited to see yeah. something like that, right? Right. right. Well, let's like, talk about, like, like, Hamilton. Like, Hamilton yeah. is Hamilton. such a huge fucking phenomenon. God, because like, I love Hamilton. All these white people roles, let's just give them to Americans now. Yeah. Like, that's the whole point of Hamilton. And guess what? It was a huge fucking success. It just opened in Chicago. People are camping out for days and, just to yeah. go. You've got such, like powerful political statements in those right. casting choices yeah. too right like right. you have presidents who were slave owners right exactly being played right. by black people yeah. which is just right like such a powerful political statement and i like that lin-manuel miranda <laughs> tries to like play it off like yes. no we're just trying to make it american brother. like no that is like a powerful political statement well, yeah absolutely you know absolutely and there's a quote about like luke cage where someone says like there's something powerful about seeing uh, a like, bulletproof black, yeah, bulletproof man, black, black man, man in a hoodie, you know? Yeah. Right. No, absolutely. Is, and they play on uh, that and they like in the first like third or the third episode or whatever, yeah. they really play it up and you like, you kind of get emotional yeah. watching it. Right. Yeah. And you're like, Oh man, this is powerful, interesting stuff. And I'm glad that, you know, people who have Netflix, which is almost everyone gets yeah. to watch something like this. And apparently his hoodie is like a, a, a symbol for Trayvon Martin. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. I don't know. Well, so uh, people out there freaking out over Luke Cage. Sorry. I'm going to here. <laughs> send me your white tears. I'm going to put them in a bucket. <laughs> drink them while I watch Luke Cage. I'm going to drink them to refresh my body as I watch Luke Cage. That's how... That's how people of color replenish themselves with white yes. tears. Yes, pretty much. If you're wondering us, why people have yeah. out. each of us get a bottle every month. There's a great yes. subscription service yes. if you want like premium white tears. That's true. Like, That's true. It's a there are different box. levels. <laughs> yeah, it's like a loot crate, but oh my God. white people tears. Uh, like there's a government like you can get the government subsidies. Yes. You know. You were absolutely oh like the cheapo bargain brand white tears. <laughs> But you could also get premium white You could tears, get Donald Trump tears. Just, yeah, you could get... Which that, you know... Donald, I, like, I can't afford Donald Trump tears. <laughs> that's true, that's it, true. They're too that's expensive. True. It comes in a gold bottle. It's, like... It's, it's the best, most it's wonderful... It's a hundred fucking dollars a bottle. <laughs> like, nah. Anyway, okay, anyways. Uh, Stanley, you wanted to bring this up. You really wanted to bring this up. Okay. Well, <laughs> I did. So. Yes, and this is really cool, actually. Yeah, so... 
Jordan Peele mm-hmm. of Keen Peele. He's had, my favorite. I'm gonna um, be real. I'm just gonna go out there and say he's my favorite. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I love them both. Uh, and he directed a horror movie. His first. He calls it a thriller. Oh, thriller. A thriller. Yeah. Yes. Thriller horror. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much a I horror. Mean, if you watch the trailer, I saw trailer, the trailer. Yeah. The trailer, like, it's horrific. It's freaky. It's yeah. really yes. freaky. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. And it's called Get Out. Mm-hmm. And we, when he was announcing it, he he said it's a a movie that tackles race, and it's like. This is interesting. I want to see, like, we, we rarely see him. He mentioned, like, Night of the Living Dead and People mm-hmm. Under the Stairs were the last two movies that had a black main character. Mm-hmm. And Night of the Living Dead was, like, 40 years ago. Right. And now he's just... He's going, like, yeah. why yeah. the fuck not? I'm going to do it. And he did. Yeah. Which is... And it looks... Fantastic. Yeah, it looks yeah. really oh good. And it looks <laughs> trailer, fucking horrifying. Yeah, that trailer freaked me out. Like, right. I don't really get scared by horror movies. I think it's like a defense mechanism. I immediately right. go into like, oh, this is how they made the thing. Right. Yeah. But right. I, it legitimately, like, the trailer legitimately engrossed me in it. Maybe oh, yeah. because I was so excited because it was Jordan Peele. Right. But, like, I was right. immediately engrossed. Right. Oh yeah, I'm no. Watch it, this. So Stanley, when Stan, so Stanley sent it to me. And I watched, <laughs> but I so Stanley was gone. Oh yeah, uh, reminder: Stanley and I lived together. Yeah. <laughs> Stanley was gone. I was all alone in the apartment. All the lights were off, and I was just watching uh, on my phone. That was a bad decision. Uh, well, in my head, I was like, Jordan Peele. It's a comedy. Like, it's going to be <laughs> semi funny. You know yeah. what? You know, and then I'm like, oh no, this is not funny at all. This is actually very fucking horrifying. Yeah. Oh my god! And then like, watch the trailer. I don't want to ruin anything. Yeah, no spoilers it. or anything. But there's a moment when someone's like, "Get out!" And I was like, "Okay, <laughs> I'm in. I'm into this fucking movie. I cannot wait." Jesus. Yeah, and he he really likes he really loves horror movies. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. How do y'all? How do you think the foray into like? Not only just feature filmmaking, but like a complete different genre is gonna go because Keanu, mm-hmm. not that good. Apparently not. Yeah, I you know. I've yet to see it. Um, Did you see it, Stanley? I haven't, but I'm, I'm interested in watching it. Yeah. So. so I've heard of their first foray into feature filmmaking did not go over so smoothly. Yeah. Right. Um, but but this I, time he's without his writing partner, and it's a completely different genre. Right. Yeah. So like. I believe in his talent, but there's also, like, you yes, also can't yes, help yes. but, you know, right. like, not question necessarily, but just kind of think about it. I don't question it. Like, I'm not going to question it before I watch the movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's just a, it's just an interesting thing to think about. Like, how is that transition going to go? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and he says he's going to focus on mainly horror movies from now on, because that's like, even though he started in comedies, mm-hmm. yeah, he's really wanted to do horror movies. And you see, I'm you really see, pumped about that, actually. Yeah. I, I love that. And you see elements of it in some of their yeah. skits. They yeah, do. They There's, do. like, some actual frightening moments <laughs> in them, and you can tell they come from him and, like, his love of that genre. Yeah. So I, I'm pumped. At it. I've seen those sort of uh, uh, genre changes in careers before, and they've yeah. worked out pretty well. Uh, so I hope I hope the same for him. Like yeah, you, don't like, get me wrong. I'm like really Olivia said. I'm still a little hesitant. <laughs> but and I heard you know like the main criticism for Keanu was that it was an extension of a skit instead oh. of its own proper movie. Yeah. I didn't see the movie, so I don't know how valid that is. This trailer feel like from the trailer at least it feels like a proper movie. It feels okay. like yeah. a, like, you know, like it feels more yes. yeah, confident. Yeah. Like there's the setup. There's like the guy calling him being like yo. People right. are disappearing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People are disappearing. Get the fuck out. Like, like specifically, out. brothers are disappearing. Like, black people are disappearing. You need to leave. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well. and he had a, a great um, interview on the Shockwaves podcast where he was talking about his love for horror. Is and for the podcast world, there's another, literally a plane. There's a plane. Right above us. We're nowhere near the airport, so that's kind of, <laughs> hopefully it's not an emergency landing. It was great, because all of us stopped and we're like, what is that? <laughs> okay. Anyways, continue, yeah. Staley. And he mentioned like Rosemary's Baby and mm-hmm. Hitchcock, and he loves Sh- Sh- Shyamalan, mm-hmm. which I I find. We know you love Shyamalan, yeah, Shyamalan. Night. from episode <laughs> one. We know. Manite, yeah. as yes. I like to call yes. him. Yes. So <laughs> I'm really excited to see like where his career will go as a director. Yeah, me making too. horror movies, especially because I love horror movies and. Yeah. yeah. So we wish him the best of luck. Cannot wait to see that movie. Yeah. 
All right, so we're going to take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk politics. There's been another debate. Another another week, another debate, <laughs> right? you guys. We have to talk about it, uh, the VP debate, though. And then uh, we're also going to talk about uh, Olivia's experience in ACL. Yeah. Y'all so. heard me complain last week. You're going to hear me complain some more. <laughs> okay. All right, so we'll be back. Hey, Edgar. Hey, what's wrong, man? I don't know. I just had a really crappy day today. Man, you know what I do when I have a really crappy day? What? I drink a tall, refreshing glass of white male tears. It just makes me feel so good. Um, here, have this glass. <sighs> That's really refreshing. <laughs> Everybody, welcome back to the Minority Report. Yes, we're back. Hi. We're we back. We took a break. <laughs> drank some water. We drank some agua, but we're good to go. All right. Yep. <laughs> this All is right, some inside so... baseball how a podcast works. Just drinking for, water. For the world out there. Yep. Water yes. break. Yes. All right. So next up, we're going to talk about the vice presidential um, debate. Yes. That was on a couple of days ago. Um yep. It was an interesting time. I am the only one who watched it. Confession. The whole way we didn't know. Yes. Well, the, I, I didn't know. Daily didn't know it was happening. I was oblivious. I Edgar the, watched the highlights I because he had a long day. I had a long day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there were clown threats at work. You don't understand. There's a, there's a whole thing going For, on. <laughs> yeah, clown threats. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, those are that's they're, really they're a, a real thing. The thing right now is the clown. All threats. these clowns. Yes, absolutely. Out uh, here clowning on Edgar. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> no, but, but it's but, actually a good thing that you guys didn't watch it because it was legitimately the most frustrating and boring hour and a half oh I've had God. in a very long time. <laughs> okay. It was literally two priests of Wonder Bread arguing with each other. Oh my other. God, no. <laughs> it was really bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, the clips I watched were pretty much But, just like, what's interesting is... The nominee for the GOP, Mike Pence, mm-hmm. came off as more cool and collected than Tim Kaine, really? whose politics yep. I agreed with. I think if you play it, like Tim Kaine was definitely on the offense. Like he mm-hmm. was, he was going at it hard. Yes. So that played and well on TV. Interrupting a lot. Yes. Which you know, like Mike Pence's performance, like really played well on TV. He looked like the more kind of calm of the two. Mm-hmm. But reading back the transcripts now, I'm just kind of like, ooh, Tim Kaine, get it. Yeah, no, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Even though I still feel like it was two pieces of Wonder Bread right. arguing on TV. <laughs> well, so- I was just like, can these two men stop yelling at me? <laughs> like I, I like. I don't like this. Yeah. No. I don't like it when people yell at me. I especially don't like it when men yell at me. Oh, like This is making me uncomfortable. I like, especially especially don't like it when white men yell at me. Yeah, like, white, old white men are yelling old at Old white men are yelling at me and I don't like it. No. Uh, it, so the thing I saw, so immediately, of course, the first thing you do after a debate, you look up who won the debate, right? Yeah. And the, apparently the winner was Pence, who showed up in a big way. Who well, did, uh that's the whole thing. The GOP right. posted that Pence was the winner 90 right. minutes before the yeah, debate that's started. True. That's true. But even like even on Vox or even on Slate or whatever, a lot of people said, yeah, Pence won, but he won by literally lying his way and denying everything kept, that Trump yeah. had ever said. Like Tim Kaine would directly quote Trump and right. my Pence would be like, he didn't say that. <laughs> Right. I don't know what you're talking about. He didn't say that. <laughs> Which I You're think... taking this completely out of context. <laughs> right. Which totally, I think... He's like, no, there are... We... They're the debate recordings. was last week. Like, we, we all remember. There are yeah. literal recordings of your candidate saying these hateful things. Uh, no, but I, I think it sort of speaks to the modern Republican Party, which uh, will support someone like a white nationalist like Donald Trump, but totally deny the things he is saying or totally look the other way to the point where they don't acknowledge that those things, those hurtful, racist, xenophobic things were said. I don't know. It's kind of frightening when you think about it. You're like, holy cow, this guy literally just sat up there and lied his way to win this that, debate. Yeah, that's what happened. And, like, I think Mike Pence's main job of the night was to walk back some of the shit Donald said right. the week before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He did it by lying. 
Which is not a tactic mm-hmm. you should trust in a can- Like, <laughs> right. that's not a tactic you should use as a political candidate. Especially, like... Like, politicians lie all the time. But if you're gonna lie, be smart about lying. Right. You know? Right. Like, right. you're a politician. You're gonna lie. Everyone knows that. That's, like, the social contract that's been yeah. made. By <laughs> you. Like, yes. that, that's a given. But you can't lie on, you know, live TV, tour, like towards millions of people who had just watched the debate a week yep. before. Like, it's fresh in our minds. It's not like we forgot. <laughs> right, right. No one forgot. And even before, <laughs> like, before the debate, they're playing the presidential debate. Mm-hmm. Before your debate. <laughs> yeah. We it, remember. It's yeah. bad. It's bad. So explain to me how Mike Pence won. Basically, Mike Pence came out. He was calm. He was collected. Mm-hmm. Okay. He... He defended himself and made his arguments in a way that were more concise than Tim Kaine did. I will say that. Right. Like, he had a better performance. I mean, I agree with Tim Kaine's politics a lot more than I agree with Mike Pence's politics. But Mike Pence came out, he was calm, and, like, he was really concise with his answers. Although, both of, like, neither of them ever answered the moderator's (laughs) question and kept talking over her, which I was like, that's some bullshit. And Mm. it was the first Asian-American moderator Mm -hmm. ever for a debate, Mm -hmm. which is like a really big fucking deal. And they kept talking over her. But there was... But the moderator got in the best zinger of the night. Like, they had this whole... They like both of them went on this whole big spiel about immigration, blah blah blah, blah. and the moderator stops and is like, "I'd like to remind both of you that this question was about North Korea." <laughs> oh my god! And like it was, it was just that was an amazing moment for me personally. Like that was the most amazing moment of the debate. Um, Did you see that clip? Oh god! Yes. It was so good, you guys. Oh my god! I don't think you understand. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, there was the one quote that sort of, uh, uh, Twitter went crazy after it was, it was, it was really funny when you see the video. So, uh, Tim Kaine brings up Donald Trump's comments about Mexicans saying they're a rapist and all this stuff. And, uh, Mike Pence is like, there you go again. You whipped out your Mexican thing again. That's, that was his exact quote. That's not, that's not Tim Kaine's Mexican thing. It's literally Donald, Donald Trump's Trump. Mexican literally thing. Donald Trump's Mexican thing. But I That's the top it. of your ticket, bro. Like. <laughs> Which, that's like, to me, that's like, the that's going to define 2016's, uh, you know, the, the campaigns. It's like, yeah. you whipped out your... We're literally... In a world where things like you whipped out your Mexican thing is lit- is said in a debate, like in a debate for someone who could be president of the United States, which Potentially, is yeah. insane. Yeah. Insane. Um, think about it. What's it called? I I think it was on the live stream I was watching, but someone made a comment that Tim Kaine is running for vice president in twenty sixteen, while Michael. While Mike Pence is running for president exactly. in 2020. Yes. That's, and I, was like, that's I saw accurate. a lot of that. Yeah. I saw a lot of that. that is, huh. That's pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, my little Republican conspiracy theory is that a lot of Republicans think Donald Trump's going to lose and they're sort of, they're building towards their 2020 okay. campaign. Yeah. yeah. And what that's going to look like. I mean, if Donald Trump wins, Mike Pence is going to run the country anyway, right? Pretty much. And Donald because Trump has said that multiple Donald times. Trump, Donald Trump's only job is to make America great again. Right. Right. Because who did he... Who was, who was it that he approached? I forget. Kasich. 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 He approached Kasich to be VP. It's like, well, have you handle domestic and foreign policy and do all this stuff and blah, 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 blah. And then Kasich just literally goes, then what will Donald Trump, Trump do? do? Yeah. <laughs> and his aide responds, I shit you not, make America great again. Yeah. Yeah. So Donald Trump's going to go <laughs> across the country handing hats to just, everyone. And America my... will be fantastic. Again. With law and order. <laughs> law and order. Oh yeah. my God. And yeah. how about Ted Cruz endorsing Trump? I know it happened a while back, but Ted yeah. Cruz endorsing Trump. I thought Ted Cruz had a spine. Nope. I was no, like, you're no. one redeem. You're literally a lizard in a human suit. Yeah. But the one <laughs> redeeming <laughs> quality. <laughs> but the one redeeming quality you have theory. is that at least you have a spine to stand right. up against Donald Trump. And then he goes and endorses him. Yeah. Oh, I knew it was going to happen. Because, like, his roommate said on... Uh, 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 
on all the shows. He's apparently his roommate's going on like a world tour talking about Ted Cruz because that's okay. A, but his that's how old, terrible his old Princeton roommate's Twitter yeah. is hilarious. hilarious. Yeah, um, but he said Craig the one, Mason. The one thing that Cruz like his one mission in life is to be president, and he will do no. It does not matter what he will do, what it takes to be president. So if he has to endorse Trump because he's about to lose his seat because his you know then I will make sure people my... are voting for him. He's gonna yeah. support Donald Trump. It's fucking Then I'm bullshit. going to make it my mission in life that Ted Cruz never gets elected president. Oh, he like will. he will not. He will never be. He president. is a lizard in a human suit. Yes. Like he doesn't even look human, you guys. Right. I. I mean, if Romney, who's normal, ran a million times, couldn't be president, Ted Cruz he can't. Not like, be if president. you've ever seen a picture of Ted Cruz, he can't even stand like a normal human being. Like <laughs> oh, he can't yeah. even exist in a natural, like <laughs> oh, in a natural standing position, like a human being. I don't believe in conspiracy theories. But this might be the one reptile human on the planet. <laughs> the one, like, the lone I'm, one. I'm willing to believe it. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Beyonce, Jay Z, Ted Cruz, reptilians. Don't even lump in Beyonce and Jay Z <laughs> no, with sure. that guy. Like, why would for you sure, with sure. that reptile? Why would you? It's the you know it's the reptilian theory out there. You know, new. World no, Beyonce order. and Jay Z are human. <laughs> Like, we have Beyonce, Beyonce Jay-Z uh, presidential especially run. Especially Lemonade. Like, Lemonade was, like, I feel like the most mm. humanizing album for the both it's of true. them. It's true. It's true. like, true. oh, shit, Jay-Z cheated. And, like, oh, shit, Beyonce got cheated on. Yeah, yeah no. We need Jay-Z, Beyonce. Like, I was saying all the time, but I felt like I needed to get a boyfriend to break up with him. Yeah, we're going to replace the National Anthem <laughs> with Lemonade. It's going to be great. Okay, we're going to replace it with Sorry. It's yes. That. Yes. Oh, my God. That's a genius idea. Definitely. I could just imagine it at the football. I'm sorry instead of the national anthem. Everyone would stand up for sorry. No one would kneel for sorry. <laughs> sorry is Everyone amazing. would just be singing boy bye. Yes. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Um, okay, so uh, to wrap up the show, Olivia, tell us about your experience at ACL. So five, the five of you who listen to this podcast heard me complain. <laughs> about Our five friends out there in the world. We listened to it twice. Who heard, like, y'all heard me complain about white people at music festivals last week. Gonna complain some more about white people at music festivals this week. Um, And not just white people, but, like, anyone, basically, who um, uses a racial slur at a music festival. This was particular, like... I went to go see Kendrick Lamar on the Saturday King. night. Oh my so god! So jealous. It was so, so good, jealous. you guys. I can't yeah. even. I was like fourth row. It was amazing. Oh, oh my okay. God. I know it's like I hated you. I hated you so much. It was really great. I like and it. Oh my god! I can't even articulate how amazing that experience was. Oh, uh, so jealous. But so but. jealous. Because I was at a music festival in Austin, mm-hmm. Texas. Mm-hmm. I was surrounded by white people. Of course. Um, and Kendrick's lyrics are, you know, racially charged. Of course. Of course. That's what makes his music so great. Um, and he also uses the N-word a lot. Yeah. This does not make me uncomfortable. Kendrick can use the N-word as much as he wants. He's Kendrick Lamar. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. Right. What made me uncomfortable is all the white people around me (laughs) screaming along. Yes. Like, why? And it wasn't just white people, I will say. There was, like, there were some brown people. And by brown people, I mean South Asian people. Um, and some right. Latino people, Latino people, right. um, who were all screaming the N word. Right. And like, I feel like this goes into a broader conversation about racial slurs and like reclamation versus right. like using them right. when it, it's not, you know, like a part of your history, but oh my God, you guys, it was legitimately like, I won't say it almost ruined the concert for me because nothing can ruin Kendrick for anyone. Uh But I will say there was a couple of times where I was just like, ooh, ooh, mm. ooh. (laughs) And like, I was standing next... Yes, that's me at all. Yeah. And like, I was standing next to um, a black couple and Mm -hmm. like, you could see that Every time it happened, I would just look over at them and they would look over at me and there would be this shared moment <laughs> oh, no. of like, yes. can you believe the white what, people yeah. Right yeah. Now. And like, that's the whole thing. There was, um, there was a Latina girl who's standing next to me and like, it's not like these people aren't fans of the music or love the music. Like this girl was crying she loved because so she was like, right. she's so in love with Kendrick and so in love with her music. She was yelling everywhere. Like she was obviously very passionate, knew all uh-huh. of his stuff. She had a sign like 
I'm not kidding you guys. This girl was bawling. Oh she like God. had to turn into her boyfriend and cry yeah. for like a good 10 <laughs> minutes. I'm not joking. Right. But again, she would just like yell it out. She was very passionate. And it just made me so uncomfortable every time. And that's the thing. She was standing right behind that black couple I was talking about. Uh, and it was just so much discomfort. Yeah. <laughs> it's just super awkward. And, like, it's not like it hasn't, like, it's not like racial slurs haven't been used in music before, like, or used to attack people before. Um, I know Heems, who is part of That's Racist mm-hmm. and who is South Asian, has, like, consistently defended his use of the n-word mm-hmm. um and then edgar you were talking to me about when you go to travis scott shows he actively wants his audience no matter their race no to, he will like, active so you know at the anti-world tour travis scott was the opening he during his set he actively sought out a white audience member he's done this at all his shows for the anti-world tour he will actively seek out a white concert goer which is a lot of uh, a concert goes at rap shows now is a lot of white people. He goes to this person and he has them repeat the lyrics. And then afterwards he does a speech about uh, trying to move past what the N-word means and uh, trying to uh, uh, make it... I, I, I don't remember exactly what he said, but pretty much what he was saying is this is what it's all about. It's all about people coming together and moving past that word. It, it, and it's interesting because that was also, you know, I recently went to go see Kanye West at the St. Pablo tour. And that, the way that show is set up, you have this floating stage and you have this giant mosh pit at the bottom. And I was at the show and the mosh pit was predominantly white because we we're in Austin, Texas. A bunch of white people, a bunch of white young kids. And they're yelling out the N-word. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, Kanye, like, you could do that at the Travis Scott show because he's wanting you to do that. Even though I would, even, even, even when Travis Scott was saying, hey, everyone in the show in the arena, say it. It's fine. I still didn't say it because I didn't feel comfortable. Yeah, I would that. argue that it's, like, still not, you know, your place to say exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And then you're at this kind of show like you one, white people. One black person giving you a pass does not mean, Exactly, because like, they have a different relation to it. Yeah, exactly. Because exactly. Travis Scott might be okay with it. There is no way that Kanye West is okay yeah. with white kids saying the N-word. There's just no way because every artist has a different relationship with that word so i just want to i mean i'm i'm not yeah i am not qualified to talk about this at all and it's not i mean like it's not just that that's why i wanted to like expand to other racial slurs because it's not just that right there was um an incident i think like either it was earlier this year or it was last year where azalea banks called zayn malik like a curry headed like bit like that he smelled like curry or some shit like that um and like south asians took to like Twitter in defense, like, South Asian girls basically just started posting a whole bunch of selfies and hashtag curry-scented bitch um, as a way of kind of, like, showing Azalea Banks what's what. But these are also the same people who will use the N-word consistently, Uh, mm -hmm, like, in their conversations with people and also, like, while they're singing along to a song or anything. These are also the same people when, if they're in a group of black people, will not say it. Like, right. it's, it, they become instantly uncomfortable with right. saying it when they're not, when they're right. suddenly, like, faced right. with, you know. Right. right. And faced with the people who, who for, yeah. for, that, who, for that word, like, exactly. who, that word, it, for, for them, it's, oh, word vomit. Um, no, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. No. For them, it's, like, a really powerful, really kind of, like, polarizing yeah. thing. Exactly. No, and there's, it's interesting, there's this subset of music fans out there, uh, particularly white music fans, who, uh, you know, in everyday life, just don't say that word, never think of that word, but when they listen to their music, they think it's perfectly okay, mm-hmm. because it is set to music, yeah. because it is music, so it's beyond what that word means yeah, to them. Yeah, it's in it's the like, lyrics. Right, so. it's in the lyrics, so they feel they can say it, mm-hmm. and it's like, no, that doesn't make it okay, you know, and it's, I don't know, it's it's an it's icky, complicated. Yeah. yeah, it's an icky, complicated thing. Oh, so know. like, what do you think? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I so personally we went to, don't, don't say right. the word in songs so we went to Beyonce, Beyonce and a lot of people were saying but the Beyonce audience was majority majority yeah. black, black yeah. right in Houston, yeah, in Houston. so it was yeah like and it it's just really for those of you listening who don't know Austin is a pre- predominantly white city right we are pre- like 
there's we can make an entire podcast yeah. about how racist Austin is. <laughs> yes. Like, Very oh my god. So. And I'm from Austin. Yeah. I've yeah. Like literally, there is a dividing line between the white part of Austin yeah. and yes. the black part of Austin called I thirty five. It's called I thirty five. Pretty much right. Um, but Houston. Super diverse. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. Houston, like... It's a melting pot. It really is. That was... I think, like, that was one of the biggest things... That was one of the most jarring things when I moved to Austin, was -hmm. that it was so white, because I'm from Houston, and it's so diverse in Houston, partially because Houston is just so large. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So I have the sort of the opposite effect when I go to a city like Houston or New York or whatever... And you see all these people, and I'm like, oh, I'm with my people all of a sudden. Like, <laughs> holy cow. Because my whole life, like, I, besides my core family, I'm surrounded by yeah. white people. Yeah. And I've grown up with white people. And, you know, and it's, it, it's I don't know, it feels really, it feels good when I go, even though, no offense, Houston's not my favorite city in the world, just for the climate, for the climate. But, okay. But, I was going to say, you haven't done Houston right if you don't like Houston. But for the climate. But when I go, you know, I've, I've been with Stanley and I've been with family and friends and it just feels, I feel more comfortable sometimes. It's yeah. interesting in public, I feel like I can be myself a little bit more than here where I sort of take on Edgar's white personality, like Edgar, white version, like the version of Edgar for white people, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know. And I feel like, I feel, I feel more comfortable in my skin when I'm in Houston. Yeah. Like. Definitely. Yeah. 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 And it's just kind of, it's amazing because what, walking around town, one of the things I'll always think is like, oh my God, I'm the only person of color in this room. Mm-hmm. Like. You find yourself I, in those situations you in find, Austin. It, yeah, like, yeah. for me, that's the norm now in Austin. Like, mm-hmm. oh my god, I'm the only person of color here, you Get know? It, right? Or like, oh, I'm the only, like, woman of color here, you know? Like, mm-hmm. but in Houston, I don't know, that's just never really the case. It's just always, like, I feel more comfortable because I don't necessarily have to think that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I look around and it's just like, oh, yeah, it's a good mix. I'm cool. Yeah, <laughs> things are cool. Things are cool. I mean, and no, no, no shade towards Austin. We love Austin. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. We, Austin's a we great choose place to live Austin's in Austin. Great. Yeah, we are all grown ass individuals Austin's who could leave place. if we wanted. But you know, crazy. Anyways. Okay. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. I think Does that's it. Do we have any more? <laughs> Holy cow! That's episode two. <laughs> episode right. two. Episode two. Happy two. In the books. Uh, <laughs> please, please uh, listen to our show on. Uh, Google Play and Stitcher. We're working on getting on iTunes. We will be up there shortly. Mm-hmm. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at MinorityPod. Um, we, I have I record another podcast, the Craft Podcast. It's about hip hop. Uh, this this last episode we talk a lot about the music in Luke Cage. So if you want to hear a discussion on the music of Luke Cage, uh, check out that show at Craft underscore Podcast. Uh, we have other podcasts in the works, so stay tuned for that. We're creating a little podcast network. Um, all right, I think that's it. Any more? Any final thoughts, Stanley? Anything? Listen to um, <coughs> Jordan Peele's interview in the Shockwaves podcast. Do it's it. Amazing. Do it. Inspiring. <laughs> that's all. Olivia. No last words for me. All right. Well, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.